Hi, welcome to season four of the Aced It podcast, where we translate science into sense. So you can learn about research in the justice and health fields without having to access or read a lengthy journal article or report. I'm Danielle Rudes, your host, coming to you from Sam Houston State University in Texas, and I'll do most of the work for you. All you have to do is listen. Aced It is a cool and super helpful product brought to you by the Center for Advancing Correctional Excellence, ACE, at George Mason University in Virginia. For more information, check out our website, jcoinctc.org. Now, let's get started. We know there are significant barriers when it comes to providing medications for opioid use disorder. And one that we haven't talked about much on the podcast is the limited ability of doctors and other healthcare professionals to provide medication. A lot of doctors and healthcare professionals just don't know much about addiction medicine. Many go through their entire professional training without learning anything about treating substance use disorders, and that is in the medical field. Imagine the state of things outside the medical field. Trainings designed to increase knowledge about opioid use disorders have shown to improve the use of MOUD in justice settings. And public health frameworks recommend that all actors in the criminal legal system work collaboratively to address opioid use disorders among the individuals who filter through those systems. So this means that law enforcement officers, community-based programs, judges, attorneys, correctional health care workers, community corrections, and others must be well-versed in addiction treatment, including medications for opioid use disorder. One model for improving the capacity of a system to address opioid use disorders is Project ECHO, which stands for Extension of Community Healthcare Outcomes. Project ECHO was designed to aid practitioners in addressing common and complex health conditions. The way it works is that academic medical centers operate as hubs, providing mentorship and sharing expertise with community-based practitioners. These community-based practitioners, in turn, share insights into current practices and local innovations. ECHO clinic sessions typically follow the same format. It starts with a brief, didactic presentation on relevant topics and then proceeds to case-based learning. Here, participants are encouraged to learn by practicing how they would manage de-identified patient cases with specialists and other community-based providers. Studies on Project ECHO have demonstrated that it can increase provider knowledge and improve patient outcomes across a range of disorders. Dr. Zachary Adams and colleagues wanted to know how effective this approach could be for justice-involved patients. In other words, they wanted to enlist justice actors into a Project ECHO experiment to test whether or not it could impact knowledge and attitudes about opioid use disorder and medications for opioid use disorder. The Indiana Jail OUD Treatment ECHO was a novel program focused specifically on management of OUD for people in jails and correctional settings. The Indiana Jail ECHO Project was a series of 10 Zoom sessions that met twice a month for five months. The expert team included a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist clinical pharmacist, a licensed mental health and clinical addictions counselor, a judge, attorneys, a peer recovery expert, a community corrections director, and a sheriff. And if this sounds intriguing to you, you can access all of the slides used in the presentations via the website that's included on the one pager that comes with this podcast. Indiana Jail Project ECHO recruited participants in a variety of ways. 
They used promotional emails circulated by professional groups and associations. They used word of mouth advertising at existing continuing education programs. And they had sign up booths at state and local conferences. Participants also received free continuing education credits for each session they attended. Registration was free and open to all interested, and there was no attendance requirement, so they could join as many or as few sessions as they wanted. 183 people registered and 150 people attended at least one session. Participants attended, on average, just under four sessions, with about 5% of the sample completing all 10 sessions. Participants were given a pretest at registration and a post-test that was sent out to all registrants after the ninth session was over. Of the 183 who registered, only 43 attended at least one session, completed at least part of the pretest, and completed at least part of the post-test. So for the purposes of this study, the sample size is 43. And these folks came from all different roles and professions, with about a third of them working in jail in some capacity, and a majority working in healthcare or other fields, such as a state agency. So what did the researchers ask about in those pre-post-test? Well, they asked about four main themes. First, they included a scale that measured the degree to which the respondent supports punitive policies and practices for people with OUD. They also measured the degree to which the respondents supported more therapeutic and rehabilitation-focused policies and practices for people with OUD. Then, they asked respondents to rank 12 questions about various aspects of treatment on a scale of strongly disagree to strongly agree. For example, one item is, quote, offenders have few strengths, unquote. Another is, quote, it is not treatment's responsibility to motivate behavior change, unquote. And finally, they asked about objective knowledge about opioid use disorder based on a multiple choice quiz of eight questions. The researchers used a t-test in statistics to see if there was any significant differences in the scores between the initial responses and their responses after participating in the echo sessions. For the most part, scores did not significantly change over time with two exceptions, objective knowledge and one of the items about treatment beliefs. The average score on the knowledge quiz at baseline was 54%, and it was 62.5% at follow-up. This is basically equivalent to folks getting one additional item correct on the post-test. And after participating in ECHO, participants were less likely to believe that it is impactful for treatment programs to provide tailored services. The reason other scores did not change was due mostly to a ceiling effect. On average, respondents expressed a baseline belief consistent with rehabilitation orientation rather than a punitive orientation, which meant there wasn't much room for improvement. So not necessarily a bad thing. In addition to looking at changes in the survey responses, the research team also went back and looked at the cases that were presented in the ECHOs. The case came from either hub panelists or from the participants themselves. By reviewing the case characteristics, the type of questions asked about the cases, and the recommendations, we get a glimpse into the sort of issues that programs are dealing with, as well as their concerns and where they seek to gain new knowledge and insight. The patient characteristics in the presented cases often included complex needs like co-occurring mental health diagnoses the use of multiple illicit drugs in addiction to opioids, and complex histories of use. Case presenters often posed questions about how to provide support for harm reduction approaches, 
steps to determine the most appropriate form and dose of MOUD, and resources for appropriate community-based aftercare and housing options that support use of MOUD. There were several themes identified in the recommendation shared with case presenters as well. Recommendations commonly addressed treatment and harm reduction precautions upon release from prison or jail, such as supplying naloxone, connecting individuals with recovery services prior to release, identifying community-based housing and aftercare for people under buprenorphine treatment, reducing stigma by providing appropriate addiction recovery education to probation and parole agencies and judges, and best practice behavioral health treatments to complement MOUD. These findings support a multidisciplinary approach to treating substance use disorders for those in the justice system, an approach that can address not only the clinical management of OUD, but also the wide array of social, legal, medical, and psychiatric factors that contribute to patient success and recovery. Dr. Adams and colleagues leave us with some recommendations for future ECHO projects. This study included a group of people, perhaps more amenable to treatment, even before attending the training. Future ECHO projects should consider targeting or incentivizing people who won't necessarily self-select into the training. Perhaps those who are less likely to endorse rehabilitative ideas. And they recommend that evaluation plans shift away from attitudes about OUD treatment and toward behavioral interventions and actual practice. After that, what people say and believe does not always exactly align with what people do in practice for many reasons. It is often said that knowledge is power. Project ECHO aims to give power to professionals across the criminal legal system by increasing their knowledge and ultimately their ability to be part of the solution to our devastating opioid epidemic. As Michael Foucault warned, quote, justice must always question itself just as society can exist only by means of the work it does on itself and on institutions, unquote. Project ECHO represents a promise of some of the work our criminal legal institutions desperately need. That wraps another episode of the Aced It podcast. We thank you for listening to Aced It, where we translate science into sense. Also, remember you can find one-page summary overviews written in plain language and short knowledge bursts, which are 30-second overviews for all the research we cover on this podcast on our website, www.gmuace.org. Our conveniently packaged research summaries may help you remember what you heard here, and they will help you translate this research to your staff, friends, students, or colleagues. ACEDIT is part of the NIDA-funded Justice Community Opioid Innovation Network, or JCOIN, through the Coordination and Translation Center, CTC, housed at the Center for Advancing Correctional Excellence, ACE, at George Mason University. Tune in again for more science and more sense with ACEDIT.